0: Nice. That's a good song. That's an old hymn, uh, and that's that's. A, I don't know how old that hymn is, but um, uh, one of my earliest appointments as a pastor, uh, I also picked the hymns that we sang, and I picked that one. And apparently, the church had not heard it for a while. And as soon as that song was over, as soon as service was over, somebody came up to me and said, "That sounds like one of those new hippie songs," <laughs> which is. Kind of funny, but it's also kind of sad because as Christians, uh, there is no side. It's, we should all be praying for peace on earth. We should all be praying uh, that we are a part of that, of that peaceful endeavor, that, that, that peaceful action. That the things that we do, that we pray, we, we, I hope that we're praying, that the things that we do, the very actions that we take, the things that we do in our daily lives, uh, that people see the Christ in us. That that people see uh, that we are Christian. Um, And that does not mean going and lecturing the world. It does not mean um, saying that you're better than people. I I never understood that part. Uh, It means showing a heart of love, a heart of peace. It means welcoming people. It means loving people. And that is something that uh, we could all uh, have a refresher course on every day of our lives. Uh, And that's why it's important that we keep Christ in our lives every day of our lives. We have been doing the Old Testament lately. Uh, We've been doing what's called the stories before the New Testament. Uh, These stories are rich. They are wonderful. They are meaningful. And they are stories that uh, I think it's, uh, I'm very excited that we're delving into it because it tells a lot and there's a lot of lessons that we can learn uh, throughout uh, all of these stories. A lot of these lessons that we can learn for us today here uh, we have been going through the book of Joseph, and today we're covering, actually, Joseph, uh, we're, we're covering Genesis 41. And Genesis 41, if, a little bit of a, a, a backup here. The last time that we left Joseph, which was uh, last Sunday, uh, you remember, it was snowing. Um, but it, uh, it, um, we were, it's weird when uh, there's only two people here, and, and they're laughing, so... I really, really feel like I scored. You know, I got all two. That's a, you know, that's like a thunderous applause. 100%. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yes. Um, we're hoping to open for public service uh, soon. We are. We're. We're just working out some of the things, and so please keep posted. And uh, we hope to have people in the doors physically here uh, pretty soon. Uh, but the last time we we left Joseph, he was in prison, and he had interpreted. Uh, he he has found that he has had. Uh, a gift that he credits God for, of uh, being able to interpret dreams. A big part of Joseph's, Joseph's life, uh, he, as a young person, he helped his father in the fields. He was um, a very responsible person, even at a young age. He was one of those uh, born with an old soul kind of, kind of people. His brothers resented him. They hated him because he was, a, he was different, uh, and they actually uh, wanted to kill him, but instead they sold him. Uh, as a slave and he ended up as a slave in Egypt where he was then falsely accused of assault and he was been put in prison Uh, and while he was in prison he met two people that had worked for the pharaoh and he interpreted uh, their dreams for them. One of them was able to uh, go back and serve the pharaoh and the other one was actually uh, executed uh, by the pharaoh. And the one that went back to the Pharaoh, Joseph asked him, please remember me. I'm not happy here. Please say a word to the Pharaoh or, 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 or speak well of me and let people know that I am here and that I don't belong here. Uh, and so what we've done here, and now this in Genesis uh, 41, this is two years later. The, 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 the employee, the, the cupbearer, the the, the um, the butler of the pharaoh, basically, forgot to tell pharaoh anything. And so it's been two years that Joseph now has been in prison since then. So he's been in prison longer than that. He was in prison before he interpreted the dream. So he's been in prison for a long time uh, for doing nothing. Uh, he's not even supposed to be in Egypt. He's supposed to be with his family. He's supposed to be uh, helping to uh, in agriculture and raise the farm and spread the news about God and all of this kind of stuff. And he has been uprooted. His life has been changed without his will. And he is in this predicament. And we are now two years later. And the Bible actually says after two whole years... Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile, and there came up, out of you know what, rather than read this to you, you know, there, a lot of people, you go to those fancy churches, you know, and they'll pop up like this uh, highly produced video, you know, that helps kind of tell the story. You know, the, the big churches, and they'll have this, you know, the, the whole, you know, uh, things, or, or maybe they'll have it acted out live, but they'll have a well-produced thing, and we are not above that we may be a small church but dog on it we can have production values and so uh, to tell the story of the scripture for today I, I give you this highly produced video
1: then one day Pharaoh the ruler of Egypt was greatly troubled no one not even the wisest men of the country could tell him the meaning of two strange dreams he had had during the previous night At last, the butler remembered Joseph and hurried to tell Pharaoh about the young Hebrew prisoner who had accurately interpreted his dream. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once. I have heard that when you hear a dream, you can tell what it means. No, I do not have such power at all. But God will give Pharaoh an answer that will help him. In my dream, I was standing on the bank of the Nile when seven cows, fat and sleek, came up out of the river and fed on the reeds of grass nearby. And after them, there came seven other cows, thin and very ugly, such as I had never seen in all of Egypt. And the thin and ugly cows swallowed the first seven fat cows. But when they had eaten them, you could not tell that they had eaten them, for the ugly cows were still as thin as at the beginning. Then I awoke. In a second dream, I saw seven ears of grain, full and good, growing on the same stalk. And after them, there sprouted seven withered ears, thin and burned by the east wind. And the thin ears swallowed the seven good ears. Pharaoh's dreams mean only one thing. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years and the seven good ears are seven years. You see that the two dreams have the same meaning. The seven lean and ugly cows and the seven empty ears mean seven bad years. Seven years of famine. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. Then seven years of famine will consume the land. And that famine will be so severe that people will not remember all the food there had been in Egypt. Now that I know the meaning of these dreams, What should be done about the famine that is coming? Let Pharaoh select a wise and understanding man and set him over Egypt. Let Pharaoh also appoint officers over the land and take one-fifth of the harvest during the seven good years. Let them gather all the food of these good years and store up grain in the cities and keep it there, so that when the seven years of famine come, the people of Egypt will have plenty to eat. Can we find a man with the Spirit of God in him? like this man? Since God has shown you all this, there is no one so wise and understanding as you are. You will be in charge of my palace, and all of my people shall do as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. You see, I am putting you in charge of all Egypt,
0: Boy it feels like we're just in modern times right now. I think that video is probably older than the hymn that we just sang. But I want to talk about some things. So, so basically, Pharaoh had these dreams and all that stuff. I think the, the thing that was actually causing a lot of his strain was that helmet that he was wearing. That thing was like six feet tall. Um, and, and the, I mean that was, that was huge. i don 't know what exactly what that was. I think they use it now for a gas station a pump. but um, Pharaoh is in this situation where he has had these dreams, nobody can interpret these dreams, and then he brings in Joseph, and Joseph finally be, is able to stand before Pharaoh. And Joseph tells him that it actually has to do with their their food, their nutrients, the things that they grow, the, the grain and all of this kind of stuff, and that there will be a famine, and that it is... Uh, uh, going to cause a a great deal of, of trouble for them, if they don't plan ahead. If they don't plan ahead, they will be in a very, very dire way. The Pharaoh, this is the one thing, we, we often look at this, this passage, and for many years we're, we're, uh, people have been taught in Sunday school and all this stuff that this is because Joseph remained faithful and all of this kind of stuff, and this is why Joseph has uh, been given this, is because God's been good to him and Joseph is now rewarded for his suffering and all of this kind of stuff, which uh, there is, that is true. But the thing that I would like to focus on a little bit here is the Pharaoh. Why did the Pharaoh, why did the Pharaoh say what can we do instead of saying I'm the Pharaoh I know what we should do here's what we're gonna do we're gonna do this because I'm the Pharaoh and then the Pharaoh's remember at this time Pharaoh's were considered gods but no the Pharaoh actually said what do you think that we can do what do you think that we can do and Joseph gives this brilliance This brilliant idea, this plan, this purposeful plan of how that they can conserve and then be able to hold back and and take care of themselves. And so the Pharaoh puts Joseph in charge of everything. Now, the reason that I want to point this part out is because there is something that we are missing in this story here. The reason that the Pharaoh even asked Joseph in the first place and the reason that he loved the answer, we're forgetting Joseph was a very faithful person, but Joseph also knew what he was talking about. Remember, just a second ago, I said Joseph grew up on the farm. Joseph's bread and butter, his lifeblood, was agriculture. He knew that once he heard the dream, that once he interpreted that it was a famine, he knew exactly the plan that needed to be done because he had lived that. It had been part of his heritage. It had been part of his culture. It had been part of his life. Joseph, it was not something that came as a miracle. He knew if there's a famine coming, I know because I used to help in the fields. I used to grow the grain. I was the one in there getting dirty, living this. I was the one that experienced this. The Pharaoh, in his privileged way, On his throne I'm not sure ever had been into a field before the Pharaoh was out of touch with that lifestyle he did not understand what it was like to be Joseph the Pharaoh was somebody that was born into privilege and he was born into um, royalty He was born without ever having to ask about anything or in need of anything. Everything that he wanted, he had. And so when we're talking about the loss of something, of the seven-year loss, this is out of the realm of what the Pharaoh would absolutely understand. And so as soon as the Pharaoh heard that this person here knew what they were talking about, the smartest thing that this pharaoh ever did, ever did, was to say, I don't know anything about this stuff, so I'm going to listen to somebody that does. I don't know anything about this culture, so I'm going to listen to somebody that lives in this culture. I don't know anything about this way of life, so I'm going to give all of the decision-making skills and the power to make those decisions to somebody that actually has lived that life. That, I hope, this Sunday, we walk away with really ingrained into our head. That one of the greatest moments of this story is that somebody was able to say, I don't know what it's like, but I'm going to listen and I'm going to follow somebody that does. Me with all of my splendor, all of my riches, all of my power, all of my privilege, I don't really know what that's like. So it is not uh, for me to judge. It is not for me to judge. I hope this sounds a little familiar. And I hope, I hope like any good Sunday does, I hope that this challenges us. I hope that this causes us to look at ourselves. Every time that we tell a biblical story, I ask you to put yourself in the place of the various people in those stories. That's the best way to get yourself into the story and to understand the story. Spend some time thinking about what it was like to be the Pharaoh. What was it like to be the Pharaoh? To to have things, to be able to um, have very little worry about where your next meal is going to be, to have very little worry about anyone even disagreeing with you, to be able to grow in a society to where things are pretty easy for you compared to many other people in the world. And then think of where Joseph is. Put yourself into Joseph's falsely accused, a person that has knowledge and great Passion and great compassion, and has a brilliant mind, but is not listened to because of who he is, the culture that he has been raised in, the race that he is. And for the first time, somebody outside. Of his own father, has listened to him. Imagine, imagine, if the Pharaoh said, oh, "That's good, but you're still a slave. You're you're still a Hebrew. You're I mean, you're still I mean." That's great, but the decision really needs to be mine because uh, I need to come up with the idea because I'm the Pharaoh and, and I know that I know more than you do because you're there and I'm here. I'm wearing the big helmet. You're not. The miracle among miracles here was the fact that the Pharaoh was able to step outside of himself and not criticize something he didn't know anything about not judge anything that shoes that he had never stepped in the miracle among miracles here is that the pharaoh was able to say you know more about this than I do you tell me you tell me what to do i'm a man of of proclaiming of saying of ordering now this case I'm going to listen I'm going to listen I'm not going to jump in I'm I'm just going to listen I'm going to sit back and I'm going to put you in charge because you know what you're talking about how do you think that made Joseph feel for the first time for the first time since he had been in Egypt, somebody, somebody truly, truly gave him the floor. He had he had, had uh, some responsibilities and everything like this, but this was the first time that somebody truly said, You know more about this than I do. You were no longer a slave to the situation, to the circumstances to the, the status quo. You are now in charge. Imagine if we listened. Imagine if we listened more to people that we see as different. Instead of calling the shots for other people and for judging other people and Hating other people. Imagine if we took the role of the Pharaoh and said, I really don't know what I'm talking about. I, I need, this is a moment of learning for me. Not of ruling, but of learning for me. Do we know what that's like? Do we practice that? Is that, is that the peace that we let begin with us? <laughs> I was born a white male. There are some things... Um, I truly don't know what it's like. I I don't know what it's like to be judged uh, by gender. I don't know what it's like to be judged by race. I don't know what it's like to be judged by culture. I, I don't know what it's like. I truly don't know what it's like. I can read things I, I can study things I can I can take certain things in but the world that I have been raised in has been a world that has leaned a little a lot toward the thing that I've been born in you know case in point let's look at the the video that we watched. Yeah, it's a little bit old, but I can tell you one thing in this picture. Joseph didn't look like that. The Pharaoh didn't look like that. Have you, does anyone else notice that the only person of color is in the background acting as a slave the only there's just two guys imagine growing up in a culture where you're not represented where you don't see yourself and is it for us to say well you shouldn't be angry about that that was a long time ago It wasn't a long time ago. It just case in point, I mean, if you look at, the, if you look at African-Americans, the years that they have been given the right to vote is almost as old as I am. That's not that long ago. And we look at films like this and we say, well, that was, that was a long time ago. I'm wearing a a pin right now of uh, Harriet Tubman. It's in honor of uh, Black History Month. Um, Harriet Tubman was, uh, I I hope that you will read up on Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman was a a, a phenomenal spiritual person that helped many, many people. She was a slave, and she became someone part of uh, rescuing families and all kinds of people from slavery. She was a, a lifesaver. Recently, there was a movie done uh, called uh, Harriet, and I just read this. The the I believe the director of the movie had uh, one criticism when she took the film to the uh, the movie heads, the studios, because they had a wonderful idea of who could play Harriet Tubman. Julia Roberts, it still exists. It still exists where people have to fight to see themselves, to see true representation of who they are, that they are still in a situation where many people are being told what to think, what to do, and criticized for the way that they react to something rather than people taking that that seat of the Pharaoh and saying, I don't know what it's like. I've heard stories, but I don't know what it's like to live in your shoes 24-7, to have a history of that. I don't know what that's like. So the best thing that I can do in this circumstance is to shut up and to listen. To listen. I, I, can't, I can't imagine what people go through. genders have been pushed aside races have been pushed aside entire cultures have been pushed aside status class systems have been pushed aside lifestyles have been pushed aside and many people stand on the throne and argue that somebody's upset about it they criticize the way that they they fight for it you want to take a knee I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it's like. So I have a choice. I can pretend that I know what it's like. I can be arrogant about it. I can judge people and and assume that I know the way that they feel. Or I can be what God teaches us in Scripture itself. To say, I don't know what it's like. But I'll listen. I'll listen. None of us, none of us, the way that we were born, for any of us, none of that is a sin. What's a sin? is what you do with it. The things that you might choose to do with it. Challenge. What we don't know, we don't know. But we can learn. And the way that we learn is by listening. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, help us hear one another. Help us listen to one another. Help us not judge one another. Help us imagine what it's like to be in someone else's shoes 24-7. Help us understand that we'll never fully imagine what it's like to be in any other person's shoes. That's why we listen. That's why we learn. That's why we love. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. You know, I'd like to think that at the moment that the Pharaoh listened to Joseph, at that, at that moment, that he felt the presence of God there. I believe that when another person shares with another person another person listens when when there's equal sharing and listening I believe that we are on holy ground this week listen to god listen to yourself listen to your neighbor which is every single person on the planet. Amen.